Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's first case is about the brutal murder-suicide of a family in Brooklyn. On April 5th, 2021, Rashida Barzi was throwing a birthday bash for her youngest daughter when someone barged into their home, opened fire at Rashida and her two eldest daughters, and then committed suicide. Rashida and her two oldest daughters died, leaving her youngest daughter alone, begging for help from police on a 911 call. Why was Rashida targeted? And who committed this disturbing murder-suicide? I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. These are the disturbing murders of Rashida Barzi, Soleil Spears, and Chloe Spears. Brooklyn, on the night of her ninth birthday, Rashida's youngest daughter awoke to gunshots and terror. In a state of complete shock and fear, the little girl ran to a nearby closet and hid there, waiting for the gunshots to end, waiting for safety. When the gunshots were replaced with silence, the little girl slowly exited the closet in search of a phone to call for help. In the carnage, she found her sister's cell phone and called 911. In the call, she told police, quote, Daddy was coming over for my birthday, and he shot them, end quote. When police arrived at the scene, they found the little girl near the dead bodies of her two sisters and her mother, holding a stuffed pink unicorn. Before Rashida Barzi and her two oldest daughters, Soleil and Chloe, were brutally murdered, Rashida was working as an administrative assistant manager for city hospitals, and before that, she worked as a secretary for Brookdale University Hospital, where she assisted doctors in the cardiology department. She was a hard worker who loved her daughters. Rashida had two older daughters named Soleil Spears, who was 20 years old and a promising Baruch College student, studying political science, and Chloe Spears, who was a 16-year-old high schooler. Soleil was an intern for Brooklyn's district attorney's office in 2017. She also served as the communications chairwoman of her university's Black Student Union, and she was actually set to graduate this year. Her friend remembers Soleil as, quote, literally the most gentle, sweet, and beautiful person anyone could meet. Soleil just seemed like a good person who wanted to make a difference in the world. To give you an idea of what type of person Soleil was, in June 2019, she traveled to Puerto Rico with her classmates to help rebuild homes after the hurricanes devastated the island. Soleil's younger sister, Chloe, 
was just as sweet. She had attended Brooklyn's Intermediate School 240 and Magnet School of STEM. Chloe was one of the biggest fans of Beyonce, too. She was the type of person to offer a helping hand, and she was remembered as a great friend. The nature of their killings shocked many. From what others said, they were sweet, caring, and hardworking people, so the overwhelming question remained, who would want to harm Rashida and her children? As you know, this case was a murder-suicide, so for the police, there was no killer to catch. However, they still needed to piece together who would want to kill Rashida and her two daughters, and why. At the scene of the crime, police found the bodies of Rashida and her two daughters. Two of the victims were found in the hallway, while the other victim was found in the living room. From my research, it is not clear who was where. However, as police searched the apartment, the dead body of the killer was nowhere to be found. It was clear that the perpetrator killed himself elsewhere. Apparently, the killer fled the scene of the crime and fatally shot himself in the head outside another building in the housing complex of the murders. In the discovery of his body, two firearms were also recovered. Thanks to neighbors and family members of Rashida, police were told that Rashida had a rocky relationship with the father of her youngest daughter. His name was Joseph McCrimmons. McCrimmons was not the father of Rashida's eldest daughters. Despite Joseph McCrimmons and Rashida Barzi's tumultuous relationship, her family told authorities that there was never any reason for police to intervene because there were never any quote-unquote domestics between them. However, a downstairs neighbor of Rashida told authorities that she had called the cops to the address years ago when she heard a woman screaming, help me. And Rashida's former brother-in-law even said that, quote, I wasn't supportive of the relationship and I always told her I didn't like it. Because of that, she stopped talking to me, end quote. This statement makes it seem like Rashida's toxic relationship with McCrimmons was bad, at least bad enough for a close family member to end their relationship with Rashida. When talking about Joseph McCrimmons, Rashida's former brother-in-law also said, quote, I know he was always a little bit off. He had a temper. He was not an abusive person. He had a mental illness. He was hospitalized before. He tried to kill himself, but nothing like this, end quote. And what is so heartbreaking about this case is that it seems like the murder of Rashida was almost imminent, that it was so obvious that it was coming. I say this because on top of the alleged mental illness and hospitalizations, McCrimmons was previously convicted of manslaughter in Nassau County, Long Island. According to the New York Post, when McCrimmons was only 18, he shot dead a local sanitation worker and father on a Halloween night in 1993. Allegedly, McCrimmons was angry at the man for breaking up a fight McCrimmons wanted to watch. Joseph McCrimmons ended up serving eight years in prison for the murder. Although this case seemed virtually solved from the beginning, it was such a puzzle for those who knew Rashida and her two girls. And with the killer committing suicide, I could only imagine how frustrating it could be to feel like there are so many unanswered questions, answers they will never get. Many family and friends just didn't understand why McCrimmons had to murder Rashida's daughters. After all, they were helpless victims and uninvolved in whatever relationship problems that existed between the couple. And those who loved Rashida knew her as a devoted mom and a kind friend who seemed like the last person to make enemies. She was someone they never would have imagined being murdered in such a horrific and violent way. With this case, I can't help but think of that little girl who was so courageous and called 911 that night. To protect her identity and because she was a minor, her name was obviously never reported but I think her actions will forever be remembered by law enforcement who worked the scene that day. 
It is clear that this little girl was just as much a victim as her mother and sisters that night on her birthday. She lost everyone, her mother, her sisters, and her father. After the death of Rashida, Soleil, and Chloe, Rashida's co-worker, Isha Greaves, started a GoFundMe for Rashida's surviving daughter. It was initially created to provide financial help for Rashida's family during the grieving process. However, they ended up surpassing their goal of $20,000. But Isha still asked for donations for Rashida's surviving daughter, saying, quote, While we have reached this goal, let's continue to share and donate, because this fundraiser is going to a good cause. Rashida's surviving daughter has a long road ahead of her, and anything we can do to help will mean the world in helping to ease any financial stressors that may arise, end quote. If you feel moved to donate to the GoFundMe for Rashida's surviving daughter, I will leave a link in the show notes. Today's second case is about the eerie killing of a young girl named Calicia Williams. Calicia was invited to attend a chaperone party at an Airbnb and had intended to stay the night with her friends. However, no one expected that the 16-year-old would be shot during the filming of a TikTok dance video in 2020. With confusion surrounding the party and those attending the party, Calicia's parents have questions as to who killed Calicia and why she was murdered that night. This is the story of the suspicious murder of Calicia Williams. In December 2020, Calicia Williams was invited to a chaperoned party at an Airbnb. Because she had been homebound during much of the lockdown, her parents were okay with their daughter attending the party, especially since they were under the impression that there would be chaperones. Calicia's mother even called the chaperone to confirm the safety of the party. The chaperone told Calicia's mother, April, that it was an Airbnb party for the children and that everything would be taken care of. After the call, Calicia's parents were even more comfortable with the plan, so they let her attend the party. They never imagined that they would wake up the next day to horrible news, that their daughter had been shot dead. The day after Christmas, Calicia was dressed up for the party and ready to have some fun with her friends after a boring lockdown period. But Calicia was never taken to an Airbnb. Instead, she was taken to a Hyatt Regency Atlanta hotel on Pete Street, Northeast. Apparently, the chaperone sponsored a stay for the children at the hotel. The reason behind this sudden change of plans has never been made known to the public. However, some people claim that the original plan was indeed to book an Airbnb, but there was a problem booking it, which caused the chaperone to arrange the party at the hotel in the 11th hour. Not wanting to break the promise of the party, people believe that the chaperone was forced to book the hotel instead. Not much is known about what happened during her time there at the party, from the moment she arrived to the moment she was shot. What is known is that she opened the app TikTok around midnight, and at 12.02 a.m., Calicia set her phone up to record a dance. In the video, she could be seen dancing along with a song. Then she turns around. Her body language suggests that she's shocked, as if someone had entered her room without asking. She then immediately ended her video, and sadly, a few minutes later, the sound of a gunshot was heard coming from Calicia's room. When two men came in to see what happened, they found this young girl laying on the floor of her hotel room with a gunshot to her groin. These men held her from her back while supporting her legs and took her to the elevator to get to the lobby for when medical help arrived. But it turns out that the police were informed about the shooting at 12.17 a.m. 
That's around 15 minutes after the shooting. When police arrived, they checked on Kalicia, but it was too late. She had already died from her wound. She wasn't breathing and her pulse could not be felt. She was then taken to the nearby hospital where doctors attempted to resuscitate Kalicia. Unfortunately, their efforts didn't help and Kalicia was officially pronounced dead. After researching this case, I was incredibly curious about why it took so long for police to be called to the scene, even if her body wasn't discovered right away. Police still should have been called to the hotel just because there were gunshot sounds. If they were called right away, then maybe Kalicia could have been saved when she was found and brought to the lobby. It's just all very suspicious to me how this was handled, and the parents were suspicious too. According to Kalicia's parents, they were never informed of her death when they called the chaperone to confirm Kalicia's well-being throughout the night. In fact, the morgue, not the chaperone, allegedly called Kalicia's parents eight hours after Kalicia's death. Rightfully so, when they were eventually informed of their child's death, they were appalled and enraged at the chaperone for not informing them earlier about the incident. Why didn't they call when the police came? Why didn't they call when Kalicia was transported to the hospital? Why didn't they at least give them the opportunity to say goodbye to their child? Her parents said they didn't know something was wrong until authorities called them around 9 a.m. the next day. Understandably, Kalicia's parents were so confused and shocked by what happened. Why was Kalicia at the Hyatt Regency when she was supposed to be at an Airbnb? Who killed their daughter? Why was Kalicia targeted? Where was the chaperone amidst all of this? And of course, why did it take so long to find out about their daughter's death? The Atlanta Police Department started to investigate Kalicia's death. During the investigation, they discovered that Kalicia was acquainted with the boy who abruptly entered Kalicia's room around 12.02 a.m. In all my research, this boy's identity has been concealed per request, so I can't provide Kalicia's killer's name. But according to police, the 16-year-old boy had started casually talking to Kalicia when their conversation suddenly changed into a heated argument. Somewhere during the heated exchange, the boy pulled out a handgun he had been carrying and aimed it at Kalicia. He then shot her in the groin area, killing her. The 16-year-old boy was immediately taken into custody by Atlanta PD. He was brought into headquarters for further interrogation. And during questioning, he admitted to shooting Kalicia in a fit of rage. The boy was then arrested on charges of felony murder, reckless conduct, aggravated assault, and possession of a pistol by someone younger than 18. Kalicia's parents, along with supporters, protested outside Hyatt Regency for the loss of their innocent child due to the carelessness of the hotel staff. April Smith, Kalicia's mother, also believes that the chaperone was at fault and should be held responsible. And honestly, I can't say I disagree. It's also suspicious why it took so long for police to be notified of the situation after gunshots were heard that night. Was Kalicia just left in the hotel lobby to bleed out? Was the hotel waiting to call the police because they were scared to be held liable? Not to mention, it is also incredibly suspicious and disrespectful that the chaperone never notified Kalicia's parents of her death. It makes you wonder if the party was ever truly chaperoned, if these kids were left to fend for themselves, and what other scary incidents could have happened that night. It's terrifying to think that if Kalicia was capable of being murdered at a quote-unquote chaperoned party, so many other horrible things could have happened there too that no one may know about. Kalicia was meant to be enjoying herself with friends after a hard year of lockdown. Before she died, she was doing what most teens do, creating a TikTok and posting on social media. She was having the time of her life. And all of that was cut short in an instant. 
My heart goes out to Khaleesi's parents, who did everything right and everything they could do to ensure the safety of their child, but still ended up losing her. Despite the arrest of her killer, Khaleesi's mother, April, vows to never stop in her fight for justice for Khaleesi. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. Please follow and share the podcast. It will help bring much-needed attention to these important cases. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the LCL Pod and on Instagram at the Lost Crimes Library Pod. See you next week with a new episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.